0: Keyshawn J Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings
1: from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Keyshawn J Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Look who's here! Right. Speaking of Kenny G Jazz, time. time for the Woo! NBA draft tonight. One of the most anticipated drafts ever. Really considering who's at the very top. Coach Seth Greenberg with us now, Coach. I. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> How do you put up with him? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's the other off. way around. Uh, I'm with this guy. Oh, I'm
2: the model. I'm a m- the
0: model, model of what? perfect the model behavior. Citizen?
2: No, a professional male model, obviously. Did you yeah, not see the uh, intro? Uh,
3: <laughs> uh, yes, hey, sure. He's
0: got the hair for it.
2: At least. He does. That's yeah. Just Coach for men. <laughs> if <laughs> <laughs> if um, you know, I, I've I've been thinking recently about Wenyama a lot, of course, hmm. and it occurred to me that one of the best predictors of how great a, a player is going to be is actually the level of hype in the draft. Think about this. Kareem and LeBron were the most hyped ever. Those are two of the best players ever. Below them, there's like a level of like Shaq, maybe Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, like, oh my God, this guy's Camp mess. They weren't, right? Even Zion, heavily hyped. When he's on the floor, he's quite good in the NBA when he's on the floor, When Bayama, I would say, is hyped at least as much as someone like Shaq, maybe not quite as much as LeBron or 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 Kareem, what's this guy gonna
0: be? Well, first of all, Max, the guy's the overall number one pick in the draft. Most times the overall number one to pick, even he was hyped. I mean to get two time player of the year in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately there was a seven seven guy that was uh, yeah, yeah. yeah fine. <laughs> Got it. There's a lot of those guys <laughs> around like, but I mean yeah, the sir, most type no, no. tend to be all all time greats in the year. Yeah, app. well, yeah. you know, there's a reason look, he, he is a special, special talent. Here's my worry about Victor Wamanyama and, and it has nothing to do with his long term success. Are we hyping him to the point where people aren't really realistic of what he's going to do in the first two or three years. Because mm-hmm. there's, be there's going to be a learning curve. That's just the way it is. He's going to play 82 games, 100 games if you include summer league and, and preseason. He's going to be playing against grown men each and every day. That body at whatever it is, 210, you're going to get a 6'8 guy when he plays four, or a 6'5 guy when he plays four, and it's going to get into him, especially if they, well, I don't think there will be a playoff team early, and and wear him out. But his talent, his skill, uh, his ability to impact the game defensively is undeniable. His future, undeniable, as long as he stays healthy.
2: That's a big thing, because he's a giant. You never know how a guy's body is going to react to, the, to the NBA. Were,
4: that's where a lot of guys that are like playing around 7'2", 7'3", 7'4", right? Like, Ralph, you know, Look, Ralph Sampson, we talked about it, which I think his game is a combination set between yep. Ralph and Dirk, yep. right, with the way they play. Yep. Ralph set. was in the wrong era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but even even a guy like my draft class, like Yao Ming, had so much feet? potential but had feet issues, yep. Yeah. right? So, like, the wear and the tear of the season. I mean, even for guys, how do you feel about for certain players when they kind of make it known, like, hey, I may not play in summer league. Because now it's all about, like, what you produce during the season, not about the prep yeah. that it typically takes to get you ready for the season. He will come into the league with probably load management.
0: Just because, um, hey, look, let's say the investment that they have in him, uh, you know, Pop's smart. I mean, he's smart. He un- he's going to understand what his body can take. Yeah, they've been doing low –
4: they they invented low yeah. management. But
0: here's the thing. And everyone says, well, you know, Spurs are perfect. They are perfect. And Pop's a perfect guy to coach him. And, you know, Timmy Duncan being around. And, you know, it's going to be great for him because, you know, what Timmy Duncan went through. Timmy Duncan had David Robinson to protect him. I mean, Tim and Duncan, you know, they weren't – I'm not saying that they were like, you know, bros and they hung out all the time or whatever – but when they got on the court, all right, David Robinson was, had the ability to help Timmy Duncan navigate just the necessary process. Not that only that,
2: but David people forget this. David Robinson, a recent MVP at the time, right, scoring yeah. champion, the whole thing. David Robinson said before Tim Duncan's rookie season ever started, we need to run the team through him. Like, he also happened to be an extremely team-oriented superstar at that point who played a similar position. Like, that
0: was a rare situation. But when Bioma does have pop... He oh, does have Popovich. Oh, he he does have Pop look, I, I think a great season for Webb and this this year, not future, but this year. One look, they're a very young roster. I mean, even look at the roster, you know, and Johnson and Sohan and you know, they're they're not built to be a playoff team. But they should be in contention for a playoff team. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh ten you know, teams in the play Yom. and now ten yeah. teams are still saying, playing right after, you know. Rookie of the year. Endure the season without an injury. Uh Get used to the physicality, and then the thing—the most impressive thing to me—is I'm, I'm watching all these interviews, and it's a, it's a testament to how the European players are mentored in a different way. He's what 19 years old. Yep, he carries himself like a grown man. He's only 19, but his mind is older, Jay. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, always well, play
4: with grown men,
0: and and he's been held accountable. Yes, he had, like like when you play over overseas. And you're that young player, that young, talented player. You are held accountable for doing things in a certain way. As opposed to, say, our young players who are really talented and great young people. But they're enabled to the point where, like, right now in college basketball, there are guys that tell me, well, you know, if I coach that guy really hard, if I hold him you know, accountable, I hold him to the standard, well, he might treasure. It.
5: Mm-hmm. Or,
0: you know, you know it, it's, you know, well, what's his NIL deal? What's this? What's that? Those young players in Europe, because he's playing with pros since he's 15 years old, they don't treat him as any differently than teaching him how to be a pro, how to carry yourself. Uh, You know, the accountability every day in practice, the two-a-days, everything that they do is just different than it is in the States. And you listen to his interview. Uh, I listened to the the interview last night.
4: He's a grown man. You know what I always say, Seth, uh, when people ask me, these type of questions, well, what's a better route to the NBA? Is it through college basketball or is it through overseas yep. or organizations like Overtime Elite? I'm like, well, it depends upon what you want, right? Yeah. College basketball gives you a ton of visibility. It gives you a ton of branding. I mean, look at what we have with the second pick in the draft and Brandon Miller. Now, we've talked about him for some wrong reasons, yep. right? But still, from a presentation perspective, like a lot of people know about Brandon Miller. Um, a lot of people don't know as much about Scoot Henderson, right? Yeah. But it, that same issue that you just made mention of, enabling, not being able to hold kids accountable, when you start seeing guys like Scoot or guys like Victor Wimbayama, they've been coached hard, right? They, they, they understand what, what kind of workload goes into being a pro. That is a major advantage going into the next stage yeah, of your I, career. I agree, Jay Will, but here's where I disagree. I think college coaches do a great job getting guys ready for draft. Yeah, I'm not I, saying I, I'm just I, saying like the ability to just be like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Bit. I can go somewhere else. Yeah, a that little, that, is, that bit. has
0: that has changed that has changed. But like I, I it, it really ticks me off. Like people, well you know, you know, season's over, guy puts his name in the draft. I'll tell you what he he showed stuff he couldn't do in in college. He's learning the NBA game. Learn the NBA game. Look, I understand the spacing. I understand rules. I understand all that. But college coaches, they're teaching you to pass, catch, move without the ball, oh, read course. screens, uh, But to your earlier plays. point, Coach,
2: Tim Bontemps was talking about this yesterday on This Justin. Fantastic show, 2 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Eastern most, time. I heard most. about it. Yeah, but he was saying, like, <laughs> being around Zion before the draft and being around Wembayama before the draft, different different like one of yeah. the reasons he believes in Wembayama is the way he comports himself right to your earlier point and to the point jay that you just highlighted he carries himself with a, with a with, in a way that con, that conveys the sense he understands what's at yeah. stake what's going on what it's going to take in a way that was markedly different than zion for example
0: yeah, like zion williamson's his own worst enemy i mean playing assembly zones own like here, do you want to be a great player Right then get your tail in shape. And until you're in shape, you can't improve. I, I always believe that until you're in shape, you can't improve. You can only be so good. And with his body and his size, running, jumping, changing directions, it is an accident waiting to happen. That's why he's not been available because of all the injuries. He needs to be in an environment, plain and simple. He needs to get out of there because forget about, look, CJ McCollum is a great mentor, I'm sure. But it doesn't start in just in the locker room. It starts in the administration. He's got to be in an environment – where he is held accountable for anything and everything he does. And most importantly, it's, got, it's a 12-month, seven-day-a-week job to take care of your body so that you can be the player that you, can, you need to be. Because, you know, I was just talking to Timmy Legler. Like he's another injury away from
4: just being extinct. I, it feels close to it. The only thing I would ask for Zion in return is, you have to improve your value for me to get rid of you. I, I can't trade you for yeah. pennies on a dollar. Yeah, but what so if like they it, would
2: believe that his value will never is only going to go down because of what Coach just highlighted?
4: Well, that's why I keep coming back to it. I think this is a really big year. I think if you were to try to sell him right now, his stock is low, and I think teams know that. What does he weigh right now? I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't seen him. I mean, I saw him in one commercial. It did not look good. I mean, like,
0: like, like my thing is, you know, you're a race car. Your body's a You're As an athlete, you're, you're, you're like, so what you put into your body – it's well, what you get look, out of it, and what you get out of it. So, like to me,
2: Memphis is diet, he going to have
0: the maturity? Is he going to have the maturity and the discipline and the environment to do the right things, be consistent with his approach, to have a chance to become the player that
4: he could be? But so doesn't That's this go back glorious. to my point a little bit about college? Right now that you have agents involved, and I think college is moving more towards. Like, uh, it's like a... Oh, they're GMs and like, player development. Yeah, it's and, moving more towards being a pro, yeah. right? Oh. um, But, like, here's some of the advantages. Number one is, you could be held accountable when you become a pro, you start getting paid. I'm like, okay, you're not getting paid. You're, you're off this team, you're done. And I think a lot of the challenges, and you get this, I mean, we talk to Tom Izzo about it all the time. You know, Some of these star-studded players come in, just not with them and their own ego, with their teams, with their people, trying to tell you, and it discourages you away from... You know, like well, what the coach actually tells you to do, because it's really about like what you need to do to get ready for the seven next seven months. Seven months, like you don't have them long enough. That's the problem. It's hard to win. That's why there needs to be a two-year commitment. Like if you I, want to go I to college, we give me a two-year year contract. I give me a two-year contract. That's it. Sign up. Two but my Miami. This is not an issue. And that solves. That solves. Because he, like, he was already a pro. He had already signed a contract. He was already held accountable. Mm-hmm.
2: And and also there may be something just about his emotional makeup that is. You know, there's something intrinsic, intrinsically good about the way he's his his emotional psychological makeup is. You know, he's just he's
0: got that thing. Maybe. Yeah, I, I look, I, I, Max. I just I, I don't know the guy. I'm just watching video and watching interviews, and his being the pre, his presence mm-hmm. is of a very successful whatever he does mm-hmm. young person.
2: Well, the fact that he's seven foot, whatever he is, and can shoot. And block one-legged shots jumpers. and
0: one-legged. Whoo! He's got the little yeah Dirk. And look, he's got the little Dirk in him. He he, where he's going to impact the game right away is defensively. He's Inspector Gadget. Did I mean, the Grizzlies
2: get the right type of veteran for Ja Morant? That's coming up. Thanks, Coach KJM.
3: Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com unsportsmanlike.
5: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Grainger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sean, Jay, Will, and Max—the
2: podcast. So, guys, we're talking just then during the commercial break about the Celtics and the move they just made for Kristaps Porzingis. You had a question for Jay, Coach?
0: Yeah, coach look, I, I think it's a great move by the Celtics. But let me ask you, Jay, being you've been in those locker rooms uh, a year ago, Marcus Smart was untouchable. He was a Celtic. He was the voice of this team. He was the toughest they needed. He was the one guy that they would not move. Now, if you're in that locker room and then all of a sudden, boom, uh, we're going to get Bazingas, boom, Marcus Smart's out the door. If you're Tatum, if you're Brown, if you're Brogdon, if you're the core unit of that team, do you just look at it like, or do you say, you know what, it's business is business. That's what the NBA is all about. His his ability to help us get better has expired because he's not defending the way he was. I love Marcus Smart, but he's out the door and now we have a better chance to win with Posaka. So how how do you how does the locker room, the veteran guys because, like you got two guys that mm-hmm. have had trade rumors or you know, trade bait, move up in the draft, whatever, you know, in Brown and Tatum. I mean, how do those guys look at it? 'Cause you've been you've been in that situation.
4: So during this last postseason run, they had just come off a loss and I I forget what game it was against, uh in that series against Miami. And they were practicing at home, Seth. And you started hearing all these reports about how Al Horford was challenging the team because they weren't practicing hard. They weren't getting ready for the battle that they were about to witness. Hence, they end up losing the series, right, overall. So for me, I think anything that happens to you in your life, you can use as an opportunity to grow. And I think this is a moment in time in which it is set up perfectly for Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, or both collectively, to step in and feel that role yeah. as the heart, the soul, the passion, the drive for this team. Yeah. Because I think Marcus Smart naturally did that, and I think when somebody naturally does it, you kind of take it for granted. You know what I mean? Like we've yeah, been no. through stuff before. You're Like somebody does something, you know, all of a sudden you leave now it. You're like forcing well, damn. those guys to have, uh, to, you have to have to adapt. do it. And I think yeah. that's the missing piece to what's been missing for that squad. And maybe that
0: makes those two guys be guys that not only can produce, but actually can help each other. Each other. You know, like, like this, no sum, this summer is real simple. Tatum, Brown, they've got to find a way not just to be successful, but to make each other better and then make the game easier. Great players make the game easier for everyone around them. They've got to make the game easier for White. They've got to make the game easier for now Pazingas. And I, I do think Pazingas changes a little bit. You've got two post guys, two different personalities. Both guys can defend a lot of dribble handoff stuff, a lot of pick and pop, a lot of short rolls. Uh, that's something that Pazingas will excel at. And he will excel in ball screen defense, which is his numbers are terrific.
4: Can I just tell you right now, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to spend the whole damn summer together. I don't yeah, care who your trainer is. You are attached by the hip. 100%. Compete in every damn drill. Challenge each other, like they need to be in the yeah. best shape, yeah. and by the way, Malcolm Brogdon, come on yeah like pay, come on, like all you guys, Robert, come on like you this is what we're doing like it needs to be like that unified Brogden
2: might be quiet as kept like if if, if Brogden uh, obviously Porzingis He's has got to stay the healthy
4: issue too I mean, yeah. if Brogdon could
2: somehow stay healthy, limit his minutes 2025, 20, whatever that's going to be, I think I might like them to win the whole thing if they're healthy. Like,
0: they got a lot of talent on this team uh, now. Uh, they come close every, that, every, that, that, every that single that year. Team, they're that close. That mile-high team isn't going anywhere. We I'm not saying, Coach, I'm
2: not saying they are, but I'm yeah. saying that's a lot.
0: They got, Celtics got a lot. Now, hey, you, you were teased. You know, you're talking about Marcus Smart, though. Yeah. That is a blessing.
4: For, for Ja. Oh, my goodness. And, and job. Oh,
0: yeah. my goodness. If, if he allows himself. Like, here's the deal. He you know, meaning ja? Ja. Like here here's the deal. You know, it's like it, it's almost, I used to use this analogy all the time in recruiting. You know, I'll graduate every single guy that wants to be graduated. Because hmm. you can't graduate someone if, if he doesn't want to go to class and do the things you need to graduate. If John ja Morant buys into the to growing up and buys into Marcus Smart's leadership, then this is a home home run. He brings toughness. He's got all the the, the swag that, that you'd want, but he's got the maturity and leadership. Now, that's got to be supported, like all this stuff. You know, People say, like, heat culture, heat culture, heat culture. Spo's great, suppose great. He is. But that dude upstairs, when it starts at, in the NBA, in college basketball, it starts with your head coach. In the NBA, it starts with your front office. Your front office really basically creates the culture and supports the culture. And then passes it down to the team, but they have to be the one that holds everyone accountable. Mm. The the front office has got to basically make statements and hold, have a standard to hold everyone in the organization to, and it's got and the first move is Marcus Smart.
2: Meantime, Starts. Jay also makes the point that they now have an elite defender in the backcourt, and an elite defender in the frontcourt. Oh, okay. court. Yeah, on top of everything
0: else. Yeah, no, no. I mean, look, they have a very interesting team. And I, look, I, John Morant, I did the first story on him. I got sent to do the Belmont-Murray State game, and I loved the kid. Absolutely He sat, we did a film session. He sat and talked about his teammates. Uh, you could see how he interacted with Coach McMahon. And again, from that point, to see where he is today, it's mind-blowing to me because I thought he was genuine, humble, hardworking, unbelievable teammate, uh, again, starts at the top. You've got to find a way to make sure you're only as good as your last decision. In life, you're only as good as your last decision. And he's got to clean it up. And, I do think uh, – I'll coach, tell you
4: one thing too, Seth. Like if I'm Zach climbing a GM – of oh, the Memphis Grizzlies, I am literally on the phone with Masai Ujiri every damn day with Toronto. I am looking, I'm like, are you guys having a fire sale? What are you doing? Is Pascal Siakam available? Because he would be a key cog in our team that could lead us to a championship. And if not so, if that, if that draft... Well, who do you give up? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you have, they, I think they have draft capital. They have draft capital to work with. Or a guy like OG Aninobi. Like I think we'll go he's for an, less I think he will go for last than yep. Siakam. I think he's a, a great additional piece that can fill in that wing. Tough, Mature knows how to play. Player, you
0: need exactly. like look. at the two teams that were in the finals. All right, like let's just look at them. What are their DNAs? What are their makeup? Tough, winning players, accountability, consistency. Like I got a kick at everyone. Michael Malone, you know, after after they lose game two, you know, he called out his team. What do we say? Hey guys, that's all fine. We lost. You know, we lost at home. Everything's no. You know what? If you have a relationship with your players, if they respect you, like everyone's afraid to, oh, he called out his guys. You know what? All he did was show 17 clips and he told him the truth.
3: Yeah. There so was like, no denying that one. Yeah.
0: yeah so, yeah. like, here's the deal calling out his guys. No, it's called coaching, it's called accountability. But also, coaching holding were, to a standard.
2: They were patient with that team in the sense that. They didn't panic in the last several years when Jamal Murray 100%. wasn't available. They stayed with it. Okay, one of these years, these guys are all going to be together. Yeah. And the whole question was now that, because he was always very good, Jokic, but now that he's playing at MVP level, what would happen? He wasn't great in the playoffs against the Lakers when they lost in the bubble. What will happen when they're all healthy? Can Jokic, oh yeah, oh my God, what happened was they destroyed everybody. And so when you you know when you look at the Celtics, Jalen Brown and and Jason Tate, Well, can they win together? Isn't that actually? It's a process. They're 25 and 26 years old. They've been in the conference finals almost every year of their career. Mm-hmm. And even if they didn't win a championship for another three years, they'd still be under 30. If you stick keep Stick with the coaches
0: and stick with your core players, coach them, develop them, develop the trust. That that's how you develop a, a championship culture. Like you know, like you, know, you see all these coaches getting fired this year. You know, people are quick to make a change. If you believe in what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why you're doing it, and you believe in the players that are in your, in your, in your, in your organization, patience is key. Patience could because, you know, it's hard. Winning is hard. Winning championships is hard. Developing chemistry is hard. Developing trust is hard. All those things take time because there's 29 other teams trying to do the same thing. Everyone's looking for a quick fix. The quick fix isn't there. It just isn't. And, you know, Denver, but if you look at the character – and you look and it, you know, it starts with your, you know, it your starts best with ownership because
2: owners yeah. ownership has to make the front office feel yeah. you don't need to race in the next two years to show, you know, we believe the ownership has to trust
0: the front office to have a long-term plan and let them execute. And when your best players are high character and tough winning players, when your best players, and this is like your best if your best players are high character, tough winning players. Then all of a sudden that's the key. Jamal Murray, Jokic. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler. You go, you go through the champ. They always have Kobe when the Lakers were. great. I mean, that's how you build a champ. You you keep a championship identity.
2: Coach Seth Greenberg, ladies and gentlemen. Don't I'm, be
0: stealing that stuff later. I'm I see you write down. stuff down. He's Writing it down. down. I see. I I'm don't taking try. your stuff. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. it's not <laughs> <laughs> enough be you, the first time. <laughs> it's <Seth>. not enough. <laughs> you took my Ananobi take th- today. That was a good take. that, that, was, was, not, good that was not Max's
4: take. Oh, what? And by the way, we know, Max, they went for Ananobi already. You know that, right? They offered three first-round draft picks for him.
2: They offered three Three,
4: and Toronto said no.
2: Masai Ujiri. What? Savage. How does Zion's teammates
5: feel about him? That's the question, KJM. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
3: Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents? Hang out with friends and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? Maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
0: G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast.
2: G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. King McClure hanging out with us here in studio. ESPN in basketball analyst. <laughs> Meantime, yeah, a little
4: You know we got a big out. interview when you got Notorious B.I.G. coming on before the interview.
2: You know, whenever we say, you know what this team needs – their their roster isn't deep enough. You know what they need? They kind of need Trey Murphy, right? Like that's kind of what they what all these teams need. Pelicans, what do you What do I call you? A two, a three? What a three and D? What? what, what you just know? Tell
4: this man you call me a player, Trey.
6: Let him uh, answer almost, for I just time. play basketball, man? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank you, Matt. It's always trying to put some label on somebody. Well, something identify what position right. they, are they are play. You yes, a runner, as a matter of two, fact. Are you that's a two? Right. Are, are you? That's right. Don't try you to turn her her this into a bad thing. Trey Murphy, man. Let me be me. Trey, what do you think of Zach? Yeah, exactly. Hold on, Max. I, I got to kick this thing off. Definitely, though. Because this is, this is, I'm a fan of yours, Trey, but I got to ask you a serious question right from the jump. And I need you okay. to be real. There's so much talk around your teammate this offseason with the draft tonight and Zion Williamson. And I, I hate to be that person, but I have to. People are questioning what kind of teammate he is. Is he around? Does he spend time around the players at the organization? Can you help us understand what kind of teammate Zion Williamson is?
6: So I was in New Orleans for the past two days. And um, two days ago, Zion was in the the building with us. And, you know, every time I'm talking with him, you know, it's always jokes, always a lot of love. He's watching me during my workouts. He's doing his own thing. Like whenever – Whenever we're around each other, it's always a good time. Like I there's a lot of things that the media says and there's a lot of things that, you know, people might see from the outside looking in, but they just don't know exactly what type of person he is. He he cares about his teammates a lot. And, you know, when he's out there competing with us, you can tell there's just a level of joy that you can see that is uh infectious. And uh he plays with so much energy. It it really just, you know, resonates with us.
4: So, Trey, I, I got to ask a follow-up question here because you, you said something interesting. And, you know, we listen to words for a living now. So you said whenever we are together. So I know for me, my rookie year in Chicago, like me and Jamal Crawford, who are still boys today, like we are always together. Like we are always working out. Yeah. So, like, is it the same kind of camaraderie? Is it the same kind of closeness and tightness? Like, and, and how much is he around the organization with the way the rest of the team works out?
6: Well, I mean, on my rookie year, we can just go back to that. I mean, he had to go out, you know, out of New Orleans to, you know, do his rehab and things like that. And so, I mean, that's part of a, uh, you know, that's just part of basketball at the end of the day is being injured. Like it's gonna happen. I mean, Joel Embiid, he was injured a lot his first three years, so it, it happens at the end of the day. But um, he's around, and um, you know, during his workouts, during his rehab time, you know, I was there with him just watching them work out, trying to let them know, you know, I'm, I'm here with you, brother. Like it's, You're not alone in this because, you know, a lot of times when people get injured and they have to do their rehab either after practice or before practice, you know, not a lot of guys might not be around during that time. So, you know, you might, they might feel a little, you know, ostracized from the team. Mm. And, um, you know, I just try to make sure I made them, you know, understand that I'm still here with you, brother.
7: Mm. You know, Trey, tonight, tonight is a draft. How much do you personally pay attention to that, and how do you feel like that affects you?
6: Um, Affects me? I wouldn't say it affects me, because at the end of the day, like, I know what I can bring to the table, and, you know, it's tough when, you know, you've come from college and going to the NBA. There's a big jump that you have to make, and I feel like I've definitely made my leaps, and so, like, those guys have to make their own leaps, but um, I pay attention to everything basketball-related, because I just love basketball, so... I have a pretty good grasp on, you know, the the guys coming into this class is a pretty talented class. So I'm very excited for them. And, you know, they're about to change their lives for, you know, the best for them. So
2: obviously when when Banyama is on everyone's mind, we've been asking today, like about some other players that um, might have an impact on teams. But which team do you think needs to nail their pick whether it's high up or not the most when you
6: survey the NBA? Needs to. Um that's a tough one. I mean because at the end of the day like everybody can use their picks. Uh, I feel like you know Indiana they have, you know, a pretty pretty important pick, you know, to make because they need wing depth and there's definitely a lot of guys at that seventh spot that they can get to. Um the Rockets, obviously, you know, they always add talent and, you know, they're always trying to figure things out. And then the big question mark is definitely Portland on what they're going to do, um, especially if, you know, just depending on what happens at two. But, um, you know, they, there's definitely a lot of important decisions to be made on uh, draft night.
4: So obviously, Trey, you guys have the 14th pick in this year's NBA draft tonight, this evening. What do you think your team needs to do To continue to improve to compete for an NBA championship, what kind of player do you guys need to draft?
6: It's tough to say at the end of the day because you know we have a really good team right now, especially when we're healthy. And you know, definitely just adding pieces that can just help fit around the guys we have now. I mean, obviously, shooting is always going to be a premium. Uh, Defense, protecting the rim, rebounding—those going to be Things that we look for, you know, I feel like because uh, every team needs that, and it's complementary pieces to you know our guys that we have on the team now. Mm, mm, mm.
4: Trey, I have another question how did, How the hell did Duke let you get away? What, what What happened here? I mean, aren't you from Durham, North Carolina? What What, what the hell's going on? How do we, How do we miss that?
6: See, on the first one coming out of high school, I let it slide because I only had six offers. I wasn't, you know, a highly touted recruit. But when I transferred, though. See, and there's no excuses, no excuses whatsoever.
4: I'm, I'm mad. I, I gotta give Coach K and John Sire a call. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at it. I'm mad at
6: it. Please do actually, because I I, 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 I definitely would have considered it. I definitely <laughs> would have.
2: Now, I, I keep being told that no, 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 it won't happen, it won't happen. But just in case it does, or maybe even if it doesn't, what do you think of Scoot Henderson?
6: I mean, I definitely think he's a good player. He, um, he loves the game. I think that's really what I can tell about him that is really important when it comes to being in the NBA is your mentality and I can tell he really loves the game and he just plays with a lot of joy and he plays a lot of energy and he has a chance to be a you know a generational talent because of his athleticism and you know his ability and talent level so I definitely think he can be you know one of those guys that can be the face of a franchise. Would he be fun to play with do you think? You're trying to set this man up. Uh, you're, trying to, you're, trying to, you're trying to leave me into something right there. Yeah, you're cool. trying to leave me into something. I, I see I see what you're doing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I see what you're doing. And I just think,
1: like,
2: Scoot Henderson just, needs guy. He needs, like, he to play alongside, I don't know, a guy with, like, length who can defend and shoot from distance. He needs a guy, like you know, like, that would be the right kind of player to put. So I'm just wondering, just hypothetically, what it would be like to play with him. Would it be
6: fun, do you think? Hypothetically, yeah. hypothetically, hypothetically, let's make sure we emphasize. Let's make sure we emphasize that. Yes. Absolutely, I mean, he's point guarding, pass the ball, and he's very dynamic. So he's getting down into the paint, you know, making the a collapse, and then it makes my job easier because I'm shooting open shots and uh, not missing too many open shots. So.
4: I see you, trade with the politically re- responsible take back to a question like that. I like that. I, I, we have about a minute left, <laughs> but I, I am curious, man, just because you know a lot of people. Say they want to get drafted, but they don't understand how difficult it is, especially getting acclimated your rookie season- Can you take us through a little bit about the challenge of how to get adjusted to not only the n b a lifestyle but also the on the play on the court type of play
6: yeah no i like i'll I'll tell anybody my rookie year was probably the hardest year of basketball I've ever had in my entire life um I went through spells where i didn't play for like ten games. I get sent down to the G League. I play some on the main team. Don't play again for a stretch of time. And it's just a mental toughness that you have to have in order to, you know, get through that. And, you know, just just be persistent. And my biggest advice for that is, you know, just staying consistent in your work and keeping your mind even. Like, try not to get too high, try not to get too low. Because the NBA season, there's so many ups and downs. There's injuries that happen. Your opportunity may come, and you just have to be ready. And that's really all it boils down to for me. Because I know I didn't really start playing, playing until around like late February. And that's a long time for you know somebody that's a first round pick on your team. And it's not like I was like later first round. I was 17. So you know, just making sure you. Stay confident in yourself. Um being strong mentally is you know what helps push you through your rookie year so you can be successful.
2: Trey Murphy, I like the way you answer these questions. Straight sure. to the point. <laughs> Not hiding anything. He even answered the Scoot Henderson. Yeah, this be, is what I'm talking about. Hypothetically, I, I hypothetically, I, I, hypothetically that's answered right. that he <laughs> Once again, he See, forgot Hypothetically, He didn't duck it. He made sure to say hypothetically yeah. and then he answered the question. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Trey Murphy Pelicans two, three basketball player, whatever you want to call him. Thanks for joining us this morning.
1: Appreciate it. Good luck tonight. I
6: appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: It's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right. 100 times your money.
2: Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, King McClure, ESPN basketball analyst hanging out with us, former Baylor guard. So, I don't know, this is, this is um, when you think about the, the biggest, most hyped guys at the top of the NBA draft in history, I think LeBron and Kareem, then Lou Alcindor, are at the very, very top. Mm-hmm. And then guys like Shaq and Patrick Ewing and David Robinson. What you notice is... The guys who are the most hype are the big physical different guys, physically different guys. Like Zion was very hyped also, although people wondered, can he be the best player in a championship team? Guys shaped like that haven't been in the past. But it's always, you know, height is the easiest thing to project. So those seven footers, and in LeBron's case, six foot eight, but he's like, you know, freak. (laughs) Magic meets Michael.
4: I think you got you got to put Greg Oden in there, man. I
2: don't think Oden was hyped like that, Jay. Um, I don't think Max, so. Max, I remember There were a lot of questions draft. about Oden.
4: There were questions, but I'm trying to tell you, that dude. Oden was hyped. He was super Odin, hyped. Oden was hyped. Guys, I'm just— Super hyped.
2: T- I remember talking to a lot of people being, I don't know about Oden. Should he be the number one pick? All that stuff at the time. There was no question. Like, when the Knicks won the first ever draft lottery, whoever drafted first, taking Patrick Ewing. Like, clearly— yeah. There was no like, hey, I wonder if – none of that. David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal, same thing. Like, that was the dude. Um, Wemba Yama, I think, has been hyped more than anyone except Kareem and LeBron. This is one, So from that point of view, this could turn out to be one of the most important drafts in the history of basketball.
7: I think that's factual. I mean, we'll see tonight, and I, I think that his ceiling is just so incredible. I mean, the fact that we've never seen anything like it. We've seen tall guys. We've seen seven-footers. We've seen guys be able to shoot the ball like Kevin Durant to be tall and move the way he moves. But to be, like Dre at said, 7'2", with no shoes on, 7'4", with shoes on, and the fluidity of his movements, I think that we're looking at maybe, potentially, if he stays healthy, one of the greatest players that we will ever see in the NBA.
4: His ability to impact every aspect of the game is what makes him unique. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times you see certain players, oh, their offensive skill set allows them to be one of the most dominant. You're talking about a skill set that is one of the most dominant in the league at seven, five, shooting one-legged threes, right, that could get pushed off the block, has to work on his passing, of course, but combine that skill set offensively with the defensive lateral quickness, with the ability to stay disciplined defensively, and to block shots not only on bigs but also guards because he could jump later than you. Right, so, so it's, it's a like, lot of things like Jokic. Think about one of, the, one of the abilities of Jokic is he's a master of leveraged angles, like on the block, right? So he'll hit you a pump fake, pump fake. in Jokic is seven feet tall, but for a guy seven, three, seven, four, who has this wingspan, he can essentially stay down. Like you can wait for yeah. the ball to be released yeah. and then go get it because of his quick cat like reflexes. That's what makes him unique and so different.
2: When we talk about comps, and Jay, you like to usually combine. Two players, at least, to come up with a comp because you don't, you know, other than like Kobe to Jordan, there's usually differences in players, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking King at at at, at Wemba Nyama and thinking if AD shot it better from the outside mm-hmm. and was about four inches taller and longer,
4: right? With a little Just think better. About what you saying, maybe? if AD were longer
2: right like he's one of the tallest so stretch years. out oh ad gosh. and then give him an outside shot and maybe a little more handles it looks so like
7: may- maybe it makes of kevin durant and ad and ad but
4: longer that's why i said ralph Which is crazy that's why I, it, it, it's more to me it's ralph sampson combined with dirk with the splash of kd
2: see sampson people he because was in it, the wrong era
4: he by in the, by wrong the era. way he's yeah. been trained by dirk's trainer yeah. So, like, a lot of the shots are, like, look at, look at his motion around the perimeter. A lot of it, it's like what Dirk would be like in today's game with Dirk's game maturing for where it is today, right? Like, yeah. Dirk was the master of, like, one-legged step backs, things of that sort, fadeaways at seven feet tall. He's doing that stuff on the perimeter. I could see
2: it. As you're mentioning it. We're showing there's, like, some Dirk in there when, he, when he's shooting. Yeah, if he turns into a real passer... Look oh at that. Oh my goodness. Look at that.
7: That's ridiculous. That, that that's, that's crazy.
4: Stuff like that where you're watching, <laughs> we're watching on ESPNU right now, where literally it was between the legs at seven three, fading away off one leg. So he has I, I sometimes think that people,
2: whether they realize it or not, gauge and judge players based on trade value. Right? like if you had mm-hmm. to, Sometimes a guy is actually better than another guy, but you realize based on where he is in his career and everything, yeah. he's a little older. Yeah, but I wouldn't trade him for that other guy. Wemba Banyama has more trade value than anyone in the league right now, right? 100%. Would you trade anyone in the league for this kid who's never played in the NBA a single game? No. Not a single player in the league you trade for Wemba Nyama.
6: Hmm.
2: I don't if, think if, I would. If, if I'm San Antonio... Jokic,
6: it, hmm.
7: You could trade Wembanyama for... If I'm San Antonio, I would consider trading Jokic.
4: Trading for Jokic.
2: Trading for Jokic. So anyone else? Or is Jokic just I mean, that Jokic's dude probably, right now?
4: Like straight up trade? Like Victor Wembanyama for yeah. Nikola Jokic? Yeah. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't but pull still, the trigger there still are Jokic. some
7: what-ifs, though. I agree. I, there are still some what-ifs. in the hand. We have never seen a guy, 7'5", be able to move like this. Yeah. So we don't know how durable he would be in a season, right? Because we've never seen a guy his size be able to move so fluid on a perimeter. So if, hypothetically, that scenario would to pop up, 100%. I go, I go get a guy that was proven.
2: So you would go. You would trade him for your 100%.
7: So Probably the only person I could So would you of. trade
2: him for Kevin Durant? No, no. Would you trade him for LeBron James? No, no. not at this point. Would you trade him stage. for Giannis and Tintacampo? No, I wouldn't. Oof. See, that's to me, a, Jokic and Giannis one. are the two that give you pause. That's that's a tough one. Jokic and Giannis are the two. I don't think he shoots Steph the ball well enough. you whoa, trade whoa, him for whoa. Steph Curry?
4: So, like, I, I think it's also a by like it, it's a byproduct of like if you're saying trade it, yeah, it would change your franchise, but like. They're not a good team, too. So, like, yeah. I wonder how much, like, yeah. Jokic and Giannis should have no trade clauses, right? So, as much as you want to say. No, but like, they're not you know, a good team
2: is the good point. Like, like, if you're so, like,
4: you have to grow with this team in a over vacuum, time. That's why I say no.
2: In a vacuum, maybe you would trade. It for, but for this team, given his age and his, his salary, it, it you works. never trade him for those guys because that guy's not going to win you a championship right now. But this guy, over the next several years, yeah. might if, if you can grow a yeah, team Yeah, and my thing him. is, I'm like, yep. if...
4: if, if if I'm Casey, I've on these guys. I'm like, where are we going to be in three, four years? Mm. Four years from now? Like, how can we do what Denver was able to do with their core and find a core and let them grow yes. together and let them run the NBA for the yeah. next 10 and years? And will that?
2: Greg Popovich still be coaching if and when, when Banyama wins a title in San Antonio? Does Popovich <laughs> have another title in him now? Oh, good Keyshawn, goodness. J. Will oh, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the
0: podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel exhausting, borderline impossible to keep up with. But we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand with just enough context so you can listen, get it, and go on with your day. So, kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News. Because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.